0: Welcome to the Theatre of Others Podcast. My name is Adam Marple, and I'm the co-artistic director of the Theatre of Others. With the COVID-19 pandemic forcing a shutdown and re-evaluation of space and gathering, we at the Theatre of Others are thinking about what stories we need and how best we can share them. We believe space is psychology, and it informs the way in which an audience interacts and reacts to what is presented to them. We create uniquely theatrical events in bespoke sensory performance spaces, crafted to encourage curiosity and grant the audience permission to commune with the play. Now that that space has moved online, how can we encourage interaction and action amongst an audience virtually? The Theatre Brothers produces plays that both welcome and challenge the audience. We are committed to international collaboration and are a laboratory that helps artists grow through intensive study of their craft. The Theatre Brothers creates a shared community of artists and audiences for the purpose of exploring the most profound issues of our lives and times. We believe the play watches the audience. The audience is necessary and they are witness to what happens. And you get to be witness to us making that happen. The purpose of this podcast is to open up our process and let you in. We're peeling back the curtain, so to speak, and encouraging you to follow along. To ponder, prod, and question. To join us and criticize us if need be. Being a witness is no passive task, and it requires much from you. Are you up for the journey? On the podcast today from London, England are co-artistic directors Booty Miller and myself in Cairo, Egypt. This podcast contains explicit language.
1: Hi, Adam. <laughs> How
0: you going? Hi, buddy. Uh, still in Cairo. <laughs> still trying to figure things out. <laughs> 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 yep.
1: <Yeah>. Well, <laughs> that's the best I can do. I'm still in London. <laughs> So you know what I mean. So I talk like this. Uh, because I talk like this. You know what I mean. You know what I mean. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. It's, yeah, it, yeah. Well, you know, the, <laughs> they've they've removed they've removed all of the restrictions as the escalation of I, Delta COVID cases are rising. Uh huh.
0: Yeah, I mean, that makes perfect like,
1: sense. Like people are going to nightclubs.
0: Right. <laughs> right. Of course. But, but not theater not theater's not open yet. Everything's is, open. Is theater open or there Everything is, oh, everything is per- everything perfectly is, fine.
1: Everything is yeah, they're, 2020 they're, never they're happened. asking Well, they're asking human beings, they're asking human beings to take care of themselves. Now you know they can't do that. <laughs> you mm. know human beings can't do that.
0: I know. I was going to, to say, like, what are, what are they asking the assholes to do, though? Because <laughs> the, human, yeah. the human beings have been taking care of themselves, but uh, the assholes are the ones I'm worried about.
1: <laughs> yeah. You mean the anti-vaxxer assholes? The non-mask-wearing anti-vaxxer assholes? <laughs> oh, I don't know. Hmm. So I'm not doing anything. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just staying indoors. I'm staying indoors. I'll go out uh, to, to enjoy the weather every now and then, and I wear my masks. Yeah, that's it. You know, that's all you and, can do. You know, and, and, you and I I I get all these wonderful little um, images from Akshay with uh, Obama. Oh my God, he's so cute, and he's <laughs> <Enemy's> so cute. <new. laughs> Yeah. Are you getting your dog? When are you getting your dog? Mm.
0: There's a whole lot of things we need to do before we get a dog here, like uh, find out what grocery <laughs> store is. You know, <laughs> it's, 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 that's going to come probably in January of next year. Uh, we we need to take care of ourselves for a little while, but um, th- there's <laughs> the street dogs. There's street dogs and street cats here, and they're so beautiful. Beautiful cats, really? Yeah, beautiful dogs. Like, there's no. Uh, I was worried because in the Muslim world, dogs aren't always treated uh, the best because uh, there's they're filthy animals from their Yes, yeah, yeah. They're, they're they're haram. So, yeah. um, I was I was worried coming here. I knew there would be cats. There's, I mean, being in Istanbul, cats are everywhere, and everybody loves their cats, and cats are treated really well. There's cats here too, but there's actually dogs. And I was worried like, oh crap right mean, we're gonna see people beating dogs or or hating dogs. No, people love their dogs here. they leave food out for them, they have water everywhere Aww. um the, the the dogs are they seem to be not malnourished like some of the dogs we saw in Mexico were, and not filthy, even though everything is dusty as hell here um uh, and people have dogs and and they walk <laughs> their dogs there's pet stores everywhere, so
1: yeah, oh, we might
0: wonderful. get a uh we might get a lovely st- two little lovely street dogs and a cat. Yeah. Be careful with the street
1: dogs we'll because see. you know they have those those diseases and things. They can be very expensive.
0: Well, everything. It's, it's one of the interesting things is the street dogs here have tags on their ears, so the government knows. Like the government goes around and uh, gives them their shots. Wow. Obviously, they go around uh, spaying and neutering them. Yeah. But they don't. They don't take them what? anywhere. They just. They just let them. They just let them be outside. Yeah, every street dog has a tag.
1: Wow, that's cool.
0: I know. Well, hopefully, wow. I mean, this is information that I have as of right now. We'll see how I feel next week when I find out more information. But <laughs> as of now, the street dogs are cool. The street cats are cool. The streets are cool.
1: <laughs> <laughs> now, my 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 biggest question is: Do the streets have names?
0: Uh. F- they have numbers they have they have numbers i'm on i'm on i'm on street 213 street 213 (laughs) and uh and gps doesn't really work here because all the all the roads have numbers not names so our uber driver drops us off at a different position every single time we try and come home um i guess there are some places that have names but I wouldn't be able to know what that name is because it's in Arabic. So I guess numbers are better for me.
1: Wow. So you do live where the streets has no names.
0: The streets, the streets have no names. Exactly. Thank you very much. Uh, Who is that? Sting? (laughs) Who is that? (laughs) No, that's U2. I I feel like it's... I live in a U2 song.
1: (laughs) You live inside of a U2 song.
0: (laughs) I live inside of a U2 song. Exactly. (laughs)
1: <laughs> my life revolves around a YouTube song. <laughs> well, my life my life is a YouTube song
0: as well. Yeah. Mm. mm. Which 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 YouTube song is it?
1: It's the same one, Streets Have No Names. <laughs> okay. <laughs> But this is the thing. It's like you have to, when you look at things and they, they don't work, you have to change them. So if I'm talking about like YouTube and I try to use the same kind of reference here in London, just because they're British doesn't mean that it's going to work. Oh. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Because <laughs> I, 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 I feel like I'm more of a, won't you take me to funky town won't you take me to funky town Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. won't you take me to funky town and that's clearly not you too no (laughs) so what needs to happen is we have to revise our ideas Wow! and part of revising our ideas if you're a writer what do you have to do adam
0: I feel like we need to rewrite this transition because it's... <laughs> this is a... Boy, this is a stretched metaphor. <laughs>
1: Ooh. Ooh. Ooh, I almost yeah. passed out with laughter. That one was really funny. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a... <laughs> if you were like, going, what the hell is he talking?
0: About? I knew what you were going for, but I was hoping that uh, you would get there in a different way. <laughs>
1: well, it's all about revision. Which, which, is, a, to try it again, okay? which is a perfect so,
0: analogy for what we're talking about today. Yeah, we're talking about revisions yeah. and rewrites. We're back in the playwright land, and we're talking about the dreaded mm. second, third, fourth, eighteenth, hundred and seventh draft. The rewrite. Mm. Mm.
1: If you're lucky, you get an 118th draft. Yeah.
0: (laughs) That's right. That's right, Mr. Ph.D. Writing your your thesis. (laughs) The rewrite.
1: After eight long years. Yeah. It's so funny when we, when, when we began our PhD together, Dr. Dr. D and I, you know, Dr. Elizabeth DeRosa and I began our PhDs together. She clearly has a PhD. <laughs> and when we first began, she, we had met one of her friends in Paris when you could travel to Paris from London very easily when there was no COVID. We had met one of her friends that had just finished her PhD and it had taken them eight years. And I was like, why did it take her eight years? And I was like, here I am. Now you know, Karma coma, coma. God, I can't. Jamaican aroma. I can't believe it's been eight years. God, it's seven, seven. But by the time I'm done, it years. will have been eight. Wow. Yeah, but I think I think my topic really required oh, this kind yeah, of sure. long this long process. I mean, because when you're filling a gap of knowledge from you know from intuition, from um, uh, great ideas, from practice, from um, you know possibilities. Mm. It takes a while to find, you know, even literature that's going to be able to support your research when it's all so intuitive, Mm, you know. mm. But when you write it down, it's like, okay, that first draft is never what you want. It's never anything, really. It's just kind of like, it's not even a skeleton. It's just just energy. It's diarrhea. Get
0: the diarrhea out so that you can actually have cogent thought put on the page. It's just...
1: Yeah, you got to get the diary out, so that way you don't feel so sick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then, and then you do what they do in Australia when they're looking for COVID in the sewers. You look for the little jewels. Gross. <laughs> it can feel really gross. <laughs> Rewrites can feel really gross because you can, you can, spend, you can spend hours.
0: Days, on weeks, one. months. Section. Years, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially, I mean, especially. If you I feel like it. we should have
1: a Stephen Goldney on this conversation.
0: I, I, I was, think Goldney should have been here. I think, th- I, th- I think so too. But it's too late now.
1: Yeah, well, he's he's gonna come back and slap us around anyway. So, oh yeah, he's <laughs> we'll br- we'll <laughs> he's we'll bring we'll bring in the okay. Yeah, he's he's going to come back and Golding. tell tell
0: us all about uh, the rewrites that I make him do, and how much he hates the rewrites, and yeah. how painful they are as, as a rewrites. And we have no idea what rewrites are.
1: <laughs> We're bringing you back, Golding. You hear that? Yeah. Not just for one podcast, but for, clearly for a second one. Yeah, you know, we have to deal with we have to deal with the audience with you, and then we also have to deal with rewrites with you, and then maybe we could do a Caney conversation as well. Caney. Oh, so. A cane, a, kiné, a kiné. So rewrites are really, really important, and I think um, we should take a break mm. and then talk and come back and talk about why rewrites are essential to everything when we are dealing with a, when you're dealing with a play, when you're dealing with uh, language, when you're dealing with performing language. Yeah, this is so many. There's just so many really important things that happen in the rewrites, and I think we can even talk about phases of rewrites and how we deal with rewrites because you know you make our poor Stephen Geltney rewrite all the time. So that's right. Um, we can talk about how we do it here at the Theater of Others. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, so let's give it away to Purple Planet. Purple Planet, can you please take it away? Keyword Planet. Planet. And, we're back. Thank you planet and we're back, thank you for planet. And we are back thank you for planet. Variations. Yeah. Yes, yes, variations. Yes, we're, we're back talking about the rewrites. Mm-hmm. The rewrites. Mm-hmm. So I just have one really big question for you, Adam. Okay. Why are rewrites so important? Why?
0: Because you never get it right. Why? Why? Uh, because you never get it right the first time. And especially when you put it into a reading, when you put it into an actor's mouth and you, and you hear it for real it can't possibly be correct the first time around it's just not possible you're not nobody is a is a straight up genius that way and so you you know then once you tweak one thing it possibly could like a jenga block unbalance the entire thing and you need to relook at it that way and so um the rewriting process is it's a It's a whole holistic kind of thing of going, does this make sense? Does this say what I want it to say the way that I want it to say uh is is the audience going to understand or do I not want them to understand but I want them to feel so does this make them feel um, and yeah I, i've never I've never come across if I'm working on a new play or if I'm doing something myself, mm-hmm. writing something myself I've never come across uh something where it's not. It's not gotten better with a rewrite.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think I think that's the thing that um you young writers out there and, and aspiring writers out there um need to understand is you have to keep going at it. You have mm-hmm. to keep pushing it forward. You can't just carve a mask with one chop of the wood. Mm-mm. You know, if you, if you think about all the different steps and elements that it takes to getting a wood mask that is completely finished, that's rewrite upon rewrite, upon rewrite, Mm. upon rewrite, upon rewrite, you know? And if you put that in the scope of what it means to be languaging and dealing with the rewrites for languaging, um, uh, it it requires a a bit of humility Mm. and a lot of vulnerability. Yeah. A lot of vulnerability because some of the things that your your um reader or audience is will be asking of you is to see you to so they can empathize in the world. Yeah. You know, and you might be very uncomfortable having to write things that go against your politic, which happens a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Um or Against a, a concept or uh, or structure that you've been really really married to, f- that maybe even was the whole reason why you began to do the writing. That's <laughs> the other thing is like, you have to be able to just like throw it out. Yeah, if it's not working, it's not working. Yeah, and your audience tells you, your readers tell you.
0: Yeah, yeah. That's that's the other thing is I you know there's something called you know new play development hell, where it could just continually be developed and rewritten and rewritten and and it never gets done. But I actually think that part of rewrite is having it in front of a trusted audience, a small audience, even if it's just a a reading with actors so that you can hear it. Because what is on the page and what makes it on the stage are, you know, they change a lot. So that's part of the rewrite process. Cutting Mm. is part of the rewriting process. Um... Understanding the context mm-hmm. of, of time, you know, maybe uh, when the process was started, it meant one thing, but now, you know, the news and contemporary events mean something else and it, it changes completely. You know, plays written pre-Me mm. Too and plays written post-Me Too, they have a very different feel. We look at things in yeah, context, sure. you know, pre-George Floyd and post-George Floyd last year mm. is a different context. It's so it's so very, very different. Pre COVID, post COVID. Yeah. You know?
1: That's a you know, that's a whole it's a whole nother way of dealing with things. Yeah. You know, it's like but I think I just I think we should talk about the the vulnerability of rewrites as well, because often because things end up on a page and when you're reading something on a page, um It can be objective. It can feel objective. Mm. And when a writer's writing something, it, it's very subjective. Oh, extremely. Um, and, and so difficult to be objective. So once you, when you actually are passing on your writing to someone to give you feedback, it's an, it's so vulnerable. Yeah. It's so, 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 so vulnerable. And I think what needs, we need to acknowledge is that the writer is in a, just a, a vulnerable place as the actor is on stage as the director is on stage yeah you know and uh and to and to deal with that you know when when we're working with galtney we're quite sensitive to his his feelings with things and he's good he's good he's so good i wish he were actually we should were <laughs> yeah. uh right here um uh because he's uh he's seemingly takes the punches with lots of ease yeah. and grace, you know. I don't know what I don't. I don't know what he does outside of our meetings. He might run around and scream and beat the wall, <laughs> which, which would be a, against his nature. Which would be highly warranted in the with the kinds of <laughs> challenges we put him through. Um, but it's but as a writer, you you kind of have to have um, a strong back mm-hmm. and be able to take it. Mm-hmm. You, be, you need to be able to take the hits.
0: Yeah. I I definitely know that the punches that I throw of the comments of the play or things like that, I know they hit, I know they hurt too. Um, But he, he does, he takes them and he, he, he absorbs them. And then he, he, whatever his process is, he does his process to move on and, and try to rectify or change or convince me otherwise later on. But I, of course it's, it hurts. Of course I can see that it hurts. And, Even when he's hiding it very well, I can see that, like, he... I mean, every playwright would really just like... you to accept the play as is and let's move on but yeah that's i was
1: thinking the same thing and that's exactly what popped up for me as well as like any writer in general yeah like it because of the the amount of concentration it takes to to, to get anything with value on a page yeah and the amount of edits that happen just before you even pass it on to someone to read before a rewrite before an actual official rewrite it's a lot Mm. And you and and like I know when I write something, I, I really want it to be the last time I
0: write. <laughs> I want <it>. to be done. <laughs> yeah,
1: you know, because yeah. that the 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 concentration and the the headspace it takes to to go into those those really important places that have value and the vulnerability that comes up for it, and the and also the the kind of like making yourself sit down and do it, like, because as a dyslexic, it becomes a, a, a uh, an even huger uh, task for me, because my brain will just like flatline, it'll be like, mm. and I can't even, I can't even like, think of anything, and I have to sit up, walk away from it, and then go back to it, you know, mm. and I think maybe that's something we can talk about as well, the kind of strategies around uh, approaching a rewrite, yeah. but I think before we do that, we should talk about. The actual sensitivity and the vulnerability that comes up for rewrites.
0: Mm. Can I? I just something just popped into my mind in that an actor whose art is ephemeral, completely ephemeral, their art is going to disappear as soon as it's done. Their whole, the whole basis of rehearsal is notes. Is trying things out, playing things, doing something and then trying something out. But an artist as a playwright or a writer whose whole art is something that can last, that could last a lifetime or even beyond, is very difficult for them to take notes. That's a very interesting thing. You would think it would be the opposite. Something that is going to be ephemeral would be hard to take notes on because it's going to change versus something that is so lasting not wanting to take notes not wanting to change that thing i don't know
1: well i think because well I, that that's well i you know just 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 vamping off of that 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 thought is it as an actor it because it because it's ephemeral you want to you use the uh, this, this short amount of time that you have for working on something to have as much value as you can so you're going to leave no stone unturned and you're going to want to try to get as close as you can within the short amount of time that you're going to have the script you know playwrights can be with the scripts for years mm. actors you know can, can if you're lucky you'll get a script for 6 weeks if you're lucky yeah you know you know or you forget something that you know can work on. Like I was I had the, the gift of being able to work on a play for a whole year and watch, and watch it grow and develop. But in general, actors don't get a lot of time with the script, so they want to have notes because they want to get as there because the revisions that and the rewrites within our um, crafting of a role it, it takes time mm-hmm. to be able to embody it and to be able to structure it and be able to get close enough to where the writer has had the time to get you into the exact meanings of where they want you to go. And so when you have put so much time and so much energy invested in this one document, that's going to have, you know, it's going to be there, you know, potentially forever, you know, it's like, why I don't, I've spent, I spent so many hours on this one word, finding this one word and to hear that this one word doesn't work (laughs) It takes. It's going to take time to deal with the relationship that you've had right. with that one word. Right.
0: Yeah. You're asking me to kill my babies, and I gave birth to every single not one only, of these. Not babies. only,
1: not only kill them, assassinate, and make sure that there's no remnants of it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know. <laughs> <laughs> You're asking us to comminute it so that it's like completely <laughs> devastated, yeah. obliterated.
0: I want you to go back in time and erase the existence of this word altogether. This word never existed. <laughs> yeah,
1: you want to trilobute it so that it's just pulverized dust. <laughs>
0: <laughs> mm. Yeah, that's that's difficult. I I I completely I completely I've been there. I know that. Uh, I completely can understand why now that is. You have you have crafted. You know, I love I love the 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 archaic way of writing playwright, the W R I G H T versus the W R I T E, mm-hmm. because it's like a shipwright. Yeah. You like like you're making like you you know is with your yeah. hands you are crafting that thing. Um, and when you have crafted something, you've spent a lot of time, you've thought about it, you've put all the work into it, but then you share it with someone else. And it's not finished mm. until you share it with someone else. You, the art doesn't exist yeah. until it is in the mouth of someone else. And then yeah. that person says, this doesn't work. As if they own it. As if they crafted it.
1: Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Which is why you have to share your work at the very early phases with people you trust. Yeah. Yeah. You know, they're they're sexual. God, I wish Goldney was here. Um, (laughs) Goldney, I miss you. Why can't you be here? Uh, We didn't invite him. Why can't you be here? We didn't invite him. (laughs) Why didn't we invite him? So shady. (laughs) So shady. So shady. shady. Goldney, I love you. I'm sorry. Yeah, Um, Forgive us. But it's like, you know, even there's, there's even versions of variations of readers, you know, you have those very close to the closest ones to you before you begin to open it up. You know, for me, it's my supervisor, because I know that they are on my side, Mm -hmm. you know, for PhD, like, it's not going to be my husband, my first right. No, (laughs) my first version, because he's going to want to chop everything down to make it, you know, non-academic and make it easy to sell. Right, (laughs) right, right. (laughs) Yeah, you know, and so you have to be clear about the your the your initial readers and and what, um, and what the actual why is for this particular writing. So if you're dealing with a play, who's your audience? Mm. You know, mm. and 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 it is the person that's reading it the audience you want to to move. Yeah, you know, it's like. And, and that, and, and then we get into, then we get into the rewrites that, that deal with its specific characters, you know, and how a specific character's rhythm is, you know, and, and the study that goes around that, you know, and I, that's where, that's where, that's where, you know, if you're an artist, that's where you start to think about like rewrites of being, Oh, that's the, that's actually the seasoning. That's mm-hmm. the bread and butter. Mm-hmm. I think it's, I think it's, I think it's the more novice beginning, beginner writers who don't understand that Writing is actually the rewrites,
0: right? Yeah,
1: writing is not getting the documents, not getting the words on the page. No, writing is the rewrites. Yeah,
0: yeah. the 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 writing, the writing is, you, if we're using this food metaphor again, it's salt and pepper. The writing, the initial writing. Somebody's I'm hungry. hungry. I'm very hungry. <laughs> the initial writing is basically you're telling me: is it breakfast, lunch, or dinner? And that's it. Yeah. And if if you stop yeah. there, if you don't tell me, like, okay, am I having steak? Am I having Eggs Benedict? Like, what am I having? Yeah, You, know, you just told me yeah. we're having breakfast, yeah. we're having lunch, or we're having dinner. That's all you've basically given me. And yeah. I, I'd actually like to yeah. – can you find me an organic egg and a beautiful English muffin and, you know, this, this specific brand of Canadian bacon and, you know, like – I want it. Clearly, I want Eggs Benedict right <laughs> now. Right, these,
1: are the thing, these, these are the things that you're not getting in, in your current home, in your <laughs> current
0: uh, current- cl- Clearly, I want Eggs Benedict right now. Um, but yeah. yeah. And I don't and think this... you're going to get bacon either. <laughs> no, no. We're not going to find bacon anywhere, I'm sure. I no, don't no, think no.
1: Canadian bacon is not happening. no. Nah. <laughs> Anyway, continue.
0: So, you know, the more specific you can become, then you get to the salt and pepper, you get to the seasoning, you get to those things, and that's what rewrites get you. That gets you this specific flavor, this specific thing, um, and that's what makes a great meal is is the addition of or subtraction of certain things versus just saying breakfast. I'm going to serve you breakfast. Well, breakfast is a lot of things. It's kongi in... In Singapore, it's, uh, you know. Kanji. Kanji. It's it's full fava beans and bread in, in Egypt. And it's, you know, a full English mm-hmm. in London versus pancakes in, you know, somewhere in the Pacific Northwest of the United States. Those are different things.
1: <laughs> Which one? That's where, that's the only place you can get pancakes. That's the only place you can get. In Seattle. the Pacific Northwest and in, in, in the Midwest. Yeah, Seattle. Yeah. I don't know. That's where the pancake was that's created. For, that's where pancakes, the, yeah. The, the pancake,
0: yeah, yeah. yeah. The the International House of Pancakes is headquartered in Seattle and that's where their pancakes they fly their pancakes. They, they they don't fly their pancakes anywhere else, they just drive them regionally across the Washington, Oregon border. Yeah.
1: Excellent. Yeah. Sounds delicious. Do do it? Well, I think we should take a break and then come back and to continue this conversation. Um and you know, maybe even talk about the faces of the writers, uh the, the readers, excuse me, the faces of the readers that and, and the rewrites mm. the, and how and how that can actually influence uh, the, the rewrites. Yeah. 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 For sure. Yeah. So take it away from a planet, going on the next little break. Take it away from planet. back thank you Purple planet <laughs> <laughs> yes it's getting better and better just that that i'm gonna you want to grind that joke into the ground yep
0: <laughs> yep <laughs>
1: <laughs> so yeah we're talking about the rewrites y'all maybe i need to rewrite my 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 what well, happened rewriting my jingle every single time <laughs> yeah is, but the, but the audience has, hasn't said anything about my jingle. So then, I you know, I'm just going to keep writing until they tell me <laughs> I need to rewrite it. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen,
0: tell him to kill his babies and stop. Choose a jingle for us. We'll just keep using that same jingle. We'll beat that jingle into the ground. We'll beat that dead horse.
1: Baby, my jingles don't jingle. My jingles jangle.
0: <laughs> yeah. It, sometimes those jingles do definitely do jangle. That's for sure.
1: so adam you're writing a new play
0: i am oh shit what am i doing here i don't have time for this podcast i gotta go
1: (laughs) yeah you're writing a new play right now and you've just finished your first draft
0: done done and done fantastic
1: oh my god this is gonna be so good because when we like we're gonna the like kind of feet Oh, my God. The advice we're going to give, I can't <laughs> wait for Stephen to, I, we are going to get a message. Tear it apart.
0: Tear it apart,
1: Stephen. Okay. 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 You've just finished your play. mm mm-hmm. um, And you have to give it to someone to read. Oof. Who would be the first person that you would give it to to read in your life, in your world?
0: <sighs> and why? And hi. Why? Why? I would give it to... Mm, I would give it to artists that I trust. Now, where I am hung up a little bit is, do I give it to artists that I trust that are possibly going to be involved in the project or artists that I trust that are not going to be involved in the project? Do I want...
1: And what is... what? Yeah, okay, so with those two... Those two questions that you're asking yourself, what would define who you give it to?
0: Well, do I want a little bit of distance? Do I want a little bit of objectivity? Because even though I've said this in in past podcasts as a director that, you know, when you're doing your script analysis and you're reading it, try not to start staging it. If you give it to a director that you're thinking of working with the director is going to start giving you solutions to the problem that they see in their directing of it. true. The same thing with an actor who, the same thing with an actor who could, who possibly wants to play that part. They're going to start looking at that that character and start giving you solutions to the problem of how they think that they can play that part. So you want, you want an artist that you can trust. You want an artist. You want somebody that understands the process, knows what you're going through and what you're aiming for but you want a level of objectivity you want a 30,000 foot view of the process you don't want somebody who's yeah. a, who's a an, an engine mechanic on that airplane yeah so so
1: in your world who would that be
0: um it wouldn't be you and it wouldn't be steven
1: right exactly
0: it was it's going to be would it be your mama
1: would you have your mama read it?
0: Eventually, but not not yet. No, because because as you talked about with Akshay before, you don't want it. You don't want it to be. Um, and I'm not saying this about Akshay or my mom, but you don't want it to be overly. <laughs> you don't want it to be overly simplified. You don't want it to be broken down. Yeah. And easily digestible immediately. You definitely. Yeah, I mean, you exactly. you do. I mean, I I do. I mean, you may not want your work to be easily digestible. You may want it to be confusing and obfuscating as hell. But. Um, <laughs> But as, as I've mentioned before, whenever I'm thinking about directing a work, there are two people that I have in mind. There is my mom, because I want her to understand it, but I have Anne Bogart because I want her to enjoy it. And if it's too easily digestible, Anne's not going to enjoy it. And if it's too aesthetic, my mom's not going to understand it. So those are the two that I have in mind. So my mom, I eventually will have her read it, but somebody along the lines of an Anne who is not going to work on this project. Somebody along the lines of... When you say Anne, you have to
1: let people know who Anne is.
0: Anne Bogart. Anne Bogart. I mean, this is... Yes. I, I I don't still think I make work for Anne Bogart, but she was kind of my... When I was early on thinking about it, she was back
1: in the day back when in you the were day, a little child.
0: Exactly. I was thinking of directors that I had access to who would come see my work, you know, that I had respect for. I still obviously have respect for Anne, but I'm not making work for her anymore. I'm making work for an idealized audience in my mind. Um so I would probably choose um another writer friend that I that I know and work with, or another director friend who is never going to touch this play. And can see it for mm-hmm. all the faults that I objectively yeah. cannot see it for. That's great. Yeah.
1: Okay, so that's the first rewrite. So the, so that, that friend has come back yeah. and said, I see what you're trying to do, but it's really sexist. <laughs> what do you do?
0: Uh, I thank them for their time, uh, and I may, (laughs) no, of course, I thank them for the time. I may, I may involve them in the process continually, but now I need to have a different point of view to see if that is, so, so based off of what, uh, I was told, I would try and find my most, um, uh, sex conscious, gender conscious, um, feminist, Friend, playwright, director—that I could to put the the problem that was identified into their hands. I Actually, wouldn't I wouldn't present them to the problem? Mm-hmm. I would actually just present them the play to see if I'm getting the same note. Mm-hmm. Am I going to get the same note? I yeah. I may I may go back after that first note and look at it and go, oh wow, I didn't I didn't under I didn't see this. Now I see it. I can fix that. But then I would still put the problem that was presented to somebody who sees it or, or looks in that way. So if I have a if I have a feminist scholar friend or I have uh, someone who is very uh, gender and sex conscious and deals with that in their work, I would present the play and say, I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. If they come back with the same note, obviously there's something that I'm truly missing and I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm not doing. Um, and they can give me notes uh, in a different way. And they can, they can help me out in a yeah. different way. Yeah.
1: Well, you also made to make sure that you have people that have the courage to tell you those kinds of things as well. For sure. That are not there to just, you know, you know, just go, well, yeah, it's good. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Even though they're really uncomfortable with the content. Yeah. 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 yeah, you yeah. know. <laughs> okay. So, all right. So the, your, your, your feminist scholar friend has identified that there are problems with the, the, uh, perspective you're taking and that it's maybe b- before COVID it could fly, but because we are living in a new age and understanding feminist um point of view and intersectionality at a on a deeper level uh as a, a species, as a consciousness, as a as a as a community, mm-hmm. um it, it, do- it doesn't work. Yeah. It's not working. What do you do?
0: I go back through the play with a fine tooth, fine tooth comb to figure out where have I gone wrong? And I I do a lot of investigation of myself as well to go, how did I, how did I, uh, Mm. let this happen? Um, that's the one I'm interested in. Yeah. How did, how did, uh, how did I miss this? Is this, is this what I meant to say? Do I even know that I'm saying this thing? Um, and then I go through and I pick th- pick through the play and I go where is this voice coming from uh whose voice is this coming up and is this a voice that I um, not ironically but am I am I is this voice a subversive voice meaning uh, I can use this to point out what I've just noticed for myself or do I need to up into this completely get rid of this voice altogether because it is too problematic um if I want to go the subversive route then you know um I want to play with race I want to play you know like slave play I want to play with gender um and and sex uh like uh what's a, it's like hell oh, like slave play I, I want I want to be the subversive I want to be the subversive voice that is saying I know that this stuff is sexist I know that this stuff is racist I know this stuff is p- pushing the buttons I want it to be that thing and uh, then I, yeah, exactly. I then I would need to have a different conversation with these people to say, okay, help me to not be um, to to use the material to point out the disgust of the material instead of using the material and it just kind of lays there and and it seems like I am the disgusting one, um, or. Have I cho- have I have I completely missed the mark and and realized that uh, oh God I didn't you need to do some more reading I need you to do need some, to some do more some reading I need to do some more yeah. investigation I need to go back into this knowing what I know now or learning what I'm going to learn now and see um, how can I say that better or not say that at all
1: Yeah <laughs> yeah and this is that and this is where this is where the art comes into play and the artist comes into play because now it's requiring you to have some self-reflection. Yeah. 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 Why was this story so interesting to me before? And now when I'm getting the feedback, am I getting this kind of feedback? Yeah. What do I need to investigate myself? Because if that's not who I believe myself to be, how do I educate myself to deepen my, my ability to, um, to point arrows in the right direction, as opposed to having the arrows point to me as the writer, mm-hmm. as the one who needs to be, to be educated.
0: Yeah. And this... And, and that's vulnerable. That's incredibly vulnerable. <laughs> that's incredibly vulnerable. Because, it, because it, it's... You were writing a society. And now at this moment, you have to turn the mirror back onto you. You are the society. And if, and if, and if you're writing a corrupt society, and then you realize, oh, maybe I'm corrupt... And I don't mean like you're bankrupt of, of emotion or bankrupt of a soul, but, <laughs> but just literally corrupt of thought. A corrupted thought is a thought yeah. that is not a fully formed and perfect thought. And all thoughts are corrupted, but some, sometimes our thoughts are more fully corrupted or we, are not fully formed. And it's that thing that we talk about so many times on the podcast. You start with the why. Instead of starting with the mm-hmm. what or the how, and so many people start with the what or the how. I'm going to write an opera about about uh, uh, sexual violence, and then you write a, <laughs> a misogynistic opera. You write an opera that's horrible yeah. and yeah. you know completely from the male gaze, and you didn't realize that mm-hmm. that was a, yeah. because you didn't have a why, a very found. Uh, you didn't have a why, a why, a very strong foundational why. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. And 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 this is the thing, is like if you're gonna <laughs> that's what you do you when you make art. These are the vulnerable places where you're that's when you start to go, oh I'm hitting something. Oh, I really have to invest, investigate because this is what actors have to do. Oh, I need to go in that direction. Okay, this is, is it that is it, I, just, I need to go into this. Oh, good, because I'm going to something real. Yeah. You know, my you know, my brother, Jonathan Majors, he talks about this all the time. He says, is it real or is it interesting?
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: It's not difficult to be interesting, but real, you got to give something up. Mm, that's good. I like that. To be real, you have to give something up. And I think that goes across the board for any artist. Mm. Yeah? Yeah. And and if if, if it's if there's this... This ping in you that's going, oh, God, this fucking hurts. That means you're going in
0: the right direction. Yeah. If it's uncomfortable. Why it's, should it be so easy? It's the uncomfortable when you know you're in the right, when you're in the right zone, you're in the zi- right zip code. It's asking yeah. something from you. It's going to cost you. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It's going to cost you. going to cost you every single time. Because that's what we do as artists think about every artist that you have ever been moved by think about every writer that you've been moved by mm. they have they have given up a lot to get this story out yeah and it's if if you're if you want to make art and put art into the world in that medium you got to be just as vulnerable as your actors
0: yeah yeah
1: I mean, you, you, you're going to, you're going to, and I wish, this is why I wish Galting was here. It's like, <laughs> you're going to have several nights where you're pulling your hair out, where you're crying, or you're, you know, you're looking at things that hurt, you know, it might be something internal, might be something external, might be something environmental, you know, these are, why do you need to put this on stage? Why does it need to be performed? Why does it need to be experienced in the human form? Mm. Can it just remain as a thought, an idea, a ponder? No, why does it need to be performed? Why do we need to be fully engaged in this language, this story, this way of telling story? Mm. And this is why the rewrites are essential to the art. Mm. Mm. Okay, Okay. so now that you've, now that you've <laughs> addressed this really big um, surprise that's come out of your writing, and your your two writers that you had read initially said, "Oh, wow, okay, now I totally get what you're saying here, okay, cool, oh yeah, yeah, yeah yeah yeah, now, yeah, oh, ouch, yes, yes, yes. Who do you have read next?
0: Then I think I do want to start having artists that I do want to be involved in the project, so um in a way that they in a way, the two readers that have I've had so far have kind of kind of externally done some dramaturgical work, and now I want to have somebody that can do some internal dramaturgical work with me. Whether that ends up being a director or an actual dramaturg, I want somebody that can start to be a little bit more a part of the process of reading and understanding what I'm trying to say and helping me to clarify moments, acts, scenes, things like that, before I give it to Uh, a director or an actor so now somebody who's going to be on board with the process a little bit more not you know they're not a part of the team there's no there's no paycheck yet there's nothing going on there but there's somebody that um is going to be is okay to be along for the ride and help help the ride Mm. along a little bit yeah dramaturg or director great
1: and they say and and they and they then the dramaturg and director say this this there's something here um, it needs rewrites. How would you go about the rewrites? Um, well, what, do you, what would you need at this phase for a rewrite?
0: Well, I'm trying to think of, uh, for me, I, I, need, I need to hear it. I need to hear it. So yeah, exactly I exactly. I would want to put it in the mouth of somebody else. And it may just be, you know, me and this dramaturg reading it out loud or me and a couple, you know, two other friends reading it out loud so I can just kind of sit and, and kind mm. of be to the side. I don't know if it's necessarily, a, you know, it's definitely not a stage reading, but it, it may be just a reading of um, actors that they pull together or that you trust. Because I need to hear it. I need to be – I need to sit outside of it not look at it on the page. I need to actually – because we're talking about a play here – what, what is? Why does this need rewrites? What does this need? What is missing? And you know, I think any writer worth their salt will start to pick up things on their own at this point, where they'll start to go, mm. "Oh, mm. that doesn't sound like a human being talking," or um, "That certainly sounds like an idea in the mouth of an actor instead of you know words in the mouth of an actor." Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what that's what I, I would start to put a, a reading together of some kind, um, and then from there I should have a lot of notes, a lot of things to go back and change. Could be moving a comma.
1: So the, can you talk about the, yeah, well, can you talk about the the way to listen? God, I wish you were here, Galtney. <laughs> can we talk about the way that you listen to the play? You know, it's like, are you listening to the play subjectively as the writer who's written these words? or Are you listening to the play objectively as the first time you ever heard this story for, in your entire
0: life? Mm. I don't know how you can disconnect the two, even though I say that as a director, you should be able to read the play objectively as much as you can. That's the thing. Do you listen to the play with the play in your lap so you can take notes, looking at your words, the words that should be perfect as written, as put down onto paper, the things that you've worked so hard, or do you listen just with your ears and then transfer those notes some other way? I don't know. That's a a very difficult thing to kind of let go... Of the physical copy that you have created, and listen to what is being born and and kind of marry and find out where the difference is between your idealized version and what just happened, right yeah, don't try you know and that's
1: what that, yeah yeah what what
0: no, I was just saying and and that's that's the difficult thing is of going like. Don't listen to it as these actors. The actors have no rehearsal. Don't listen to the directing, or the, <laughs> the, the dramaturg. Uh, just listen to what you have written and what is put down. And how can you clarify that? How can you make that more cogent? How can you make your argument better and not get lost in verbiage or idea?
1: Well, I think that's the thing. That, but isn't that, and that's where the art lies. Mm.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That's where the artist lives. You know, those are the things that you can't teach. Those are the things that you can't teach a writer. Mm. That has to be, you have to know how to listen. You have to know how to use your body. You have to know how to hear. You have to know how to navigate. And, and I mean, and it's also quick because how do you take notes as well when you're, when you're engaging with, you know, all of this real time stuff that's happening right in front of you with the text? Mm. You know, it's like you might have a thought to you, try writing down, but you'll miss another thing that, that may have, you know, it's, 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 you know, yeah. video that shit. Yeah make sure you video it record it a, <laughs> get a copy of it so you can go back and you know because that will really help you with the rewrites yeah 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 for sure but yeah so, <laughs> so i i think i think it's time for provocations yeah yeah so let's take a look break right. and then we'll come back with some provocations <laughs> sounds good okay purple planet oh, take it away purple planet <laughs> <laughs> back of the planet. Yes, and it is provocation time. Provocation time, Adam. Do you have some provocations?
0: I have a thought, and I'm trying to get my, my facts and my dates right, so bear, bear with me here. Um, I think okay. there's something about the, uh, especially maybe playwrights, about the, the idea of genius um, that we take the mystery and magnitude of Shakespeare, who wrote freehand and then handed it out to his actors as if like he just wrote the play and he was done and it was perfect. And we still do Shakespeare today. This is amazing. <laughs> uh, and I think that's that's a big misnomer. And I was I was just reading about uh, Faust, Goethe's, Goethe's Faust, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. it took him thirty years to write and finish that play. Amazing. And Amazing. he and there are several different versions you can find. And it's interesting if you ever have the opportunity and wow. this is this is kind of my provocation, if you ever have the opportunity to find early drafts of plays, early versions mm. of plays and, and you know, if you're if you're lucky and you have, you know, Uh, a playwright's collection at a university that you're nearby or uh, in New York, the New York public library performing arts collection. You can find early drafts of plays, go back and check those things out and see how much change happens draft to draft. You can find, Mm. you can find Faust online. You can find the different versions. You can find the versions because it'll say the date, the 1839 Faust versus the 1850 Faust. And all of a sudden you go, Mm. holy crap. He basically threw away whole plot points. He basically threw away his entire idea on the second time around, or the second fully Mm. published version. He got rid of it because it didn't make sense anymore. And I think that's what a lot of playwrights have the fear of, of going, oh my god, I'm going to have to start over again. How how can I just salvage Mm. what I have and just change a word or two here versus... Oh God! I've got to start over again. Go and read uh, Tennessee Williams' different draft versions of *Streetcar*, or um, yeah, or you know *Faust* or something like that. We don't have different draft versions of Shakespeare. We have the Folio versus the Quarto, which that's a lot of corruption right there. But try if you <laughs> try if you can, try if you can to f- find different versions of the same play by the same playwright and watch their rewriting process. And when they have to throw it away and start over again, that's my, that's my provocation. It's a, it's a difficult provocation.
1: That's good. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to tack onto that because I think, I think that to change, work on changing your perspective around rewrites. And I would say if you have, if you, if you get a contraction and you feel tight when you have the, when you hear the word rewrites, See if you can change the point of view from actual product versus the journey.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Right, the journey of the rewrite, as opposed to what's going to be the final product. Right, right, right. So can you can you enjoy the journey of the rewrite and the discovery that's happening in the rewrite versus I've got to get this, I've got to get these pages out.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So
1: that's my provocation to you writers. Enjoy the journey. Enjoy the journey. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and how would we know if they did this, Adam?
0: Well, they'll go to speakpipe.com backslash theater of others. Again, Speakpipe dot com backslash theater of others theater of others all one word theater with an r e you can leave a ninety second voice message there uh, telling us about your provocations or answering our questions or even giving us questions or giving us provocations we love to hear from you we can play that in a knee conversation q and a Q&A conversation if you truly are a writer uh, mm-hmm. and you want to write to us at podcast at theaterofothers dot com <laughs> podcast theaterofothers dot com you can leave all kinds of uh, verbiage there for us to wade through and your questions or provocations. Uh, We also have Facebook, Instagram, and our website where you can leave us messages there Mm. on the gram.
1: Yeah. Yes. Yes. On the gram. And subscribe, 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 subscribe. subscribe. That's right.
0: Subscribe. It it helps. (laughs) Your subscription helps us to get Oprah Winfrey on our podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, and, and You hear that, Oprah? <laughs> We're waiting on you, girl. <laughs> and uh, the other thing that will help us to get Oprah, uh, as Booty's U- Uber driver always asks.
1: Five star. You must get five star, five star, five star. You give me five star, and Oprah will come on the show. That's right. Five it's star, it's
0: five a guarantee. Star. If you, you listener listening right now, if you give us five star, Oprah will be on next week. <laughs>
1: And it's not false advertisement because in the morning of the morning in the middle of the in, the in the morning of the morning oh no in the morning of the morning in the middle of the night yeah. I ain't too proud to beg Oprah <laughs> wow. wow 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 The morning of the morning the morning of the
0: morning exactly
1: I <laughs> uh, yeah, I thought I, I think I might still be jet lagged <laughs> I I think I might be jet lagged. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. I might be like, jet lagged Well, Adam, yes, have a good time in Egypt. Uh, you're so close and yet so so far away. Oh God, damn you, COVID! I know,
0: I know. We are we are actually the closest we have been in a very long time. I'm only a it's only a four hour flight. You know that? It's four hours. I know, and I still Don't can't see you. Me. I still can't see you. I know, I know.
1: Well, I love you, and I I'm so happy too. to see you. And you as well. You look like you're feeling better.
0: Send <laughs> 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 my love to fan. I will. She's sitting right here, waiting for me to get off the podcast yeah. so she can make Hi, noise. Baby.
1: <laughs>
0: excellent, excellent, excellent.
1: And everyone else,
0: we will talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. Thanks for joining us this week on the Theatre Brothers Podcast. Make sure to visit our website, org, where you can subscribe to the show in iTunes, Stitcher, or via RSS so you'll never miss a show. While you're at it, if you found value in this show, we'd appreciate a rating on iTunes. Or if you'd simply tell a friend about the show, that would help us out too. A special thank you to Purple Planet for the music you've heard. The Theatre Others creates a shared community of artists and audiences for the purposes of exploring the most profound issues of our lives and time. We believe the play watches the audience. The audience is necessary and they are witness